Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. There's a lot more punks than there was four years earlier, but there was also as many posers. Posers were people that look like punks, but they did it for fashion. Welcome to SLC Punks, a Utah jazz podcast brought to you by the staff of SLC Dunk. Now here's your hosts, Michael Lohman and James Hansen. All right, welcome back to the SLC Punks podcast. This is James Hansen. And this is Milo. And it's another August week in the NBA offseason, and I'm honestly having a little bit of a hard time coming up with things to to talk with you guys about. We do have a few uh, news and notes to go over. I mean, I honestly right now am just so ready to watch jazz basketball. I, I like every little news item that comes out of from the jazz Twitter, jazz PR uh, if Woj tweets something, I go a little bit crazy. Today, we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that we uh, think could have affected our past and may affect our future in in regards to conferences. Uh, we so like we'll just get started. One of the things we were kind of asking is, how would the Jazz's chances have changed if there were no conferences? And yeah, this is something we've touched on before. Go ahead. Yeah, we touched on this before. It kind of brought up again this week with an article from The Ringer. Um, they were talking about um, the one thing that would make the league better is the one thing Adam Silver can't do right now, and that's eliminate conferences. And and so let's let's first did talk. he did he say why exactly or did yeah, he yeah just... yeah they went in because um be, because owners are going to act in their self interest. And so while it's while it would be great for the league overall over a period of time, there are certain teams that might look at that like, say, for example, the Boston Celtics, who went all in on Hayward because they're thinking, okay, well, if we go all in on Hayward right now, um, we're in a weaker conference, we have a chance. The only tough team that we have to really fight for this number one spot is the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's our only opponent. And then if we ha- if we hit on all cylinders at the right moment, we might be able to be the better team over over seven games in an NBA Finals. Don't have to be the best team over the entire season. Just have to be able to get to that point to be the best team over seven games. So that's the, that's the strategy when you're talking about conferences right now. If you eliminate conferences, however, then it's then then the strategy changes. Then you're actually looking at are we the best team? Now, all of a sudden, if you're looking at Boston last year and you're saying, okay, well, let's look at our, you know, our, our top teams of, of the NBA, all of a sudden, Boston is not really the, you know, the cream of the crop. They're, they're looking, they're at the same point, at the same point that the Utah Jazz are at and possibly less because if you don't have conferences, they're playing a tougher schedule. So, uh, you know, they're not able to beat up on those terrible Eastern Conference teams of last year. So that changes, that changes how, like, for example, if 
if there were no conferences last year, um, then all of a sudden Boston, Boston goes to, so let's, let's go to, to winning percentage here. All of a sudden Boston, instead of being a number one seed, they're number four seed. And, and they and, have to play a tougher team. And and then all well, of a actually, sudden, they might be. Well, go ahead. Sorry. So if they're playing, so we're talking. You know, they would be a four seed playing a twelve seed. Yeah. Right. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. They're playing the Memphis Grizzlies, which is a tougher team than the Chicago Bulls. Yes. Yeah. And if they came in, they if they had a tough time putting away the Chicago Bulls. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine what would have happened if they were dealing with grit and grind? Well, because if you watch, remember watching that series, who was the MVP of that series? Everyone wants to say Rajon Rondo, but it was actually Brooke Lopez who was just dominating on the inside. So then they have to face Marc Gasol, slightly better player than than uh, Robin Lopez, not Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez. Right. And so it's just it's a much different series. <laughs> Yeah, and you probably see a first round exit. Right. Yeah. It, you might. Yeah. Instead of it being like, oh man, Rajon Rondo goes down. Well, if you had trouble with Rajon Rondo, hello Conley. That's going to exactly. be a completely, uh, a p- completely different game when you're talking about uh, talking about Conley. So now, now here's here's the other thing when we're talking about the uh, uh, the conferences. You, I, I you know I kind of said strategy. So strategy, you know, that's Boston's strategy. But also there's going to be parts with lottery teams as well. Uh, lottery teams in the East who ha- have been like, okay, well, we're bad and we're and, – and now we – but we have to fight to be bad in, in, in the Eastern Conference. We can't just be the worst of the worst. We just have to be terrible. Now, of course, that doesn't matter. But all of a sudden, when they're playing a tougher, uh, a tougher schedule throughout the year, this might balance schedules. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking – looking at you know what is the true uh, strength of schedule throughout the season and and now the NBA can balance it now you have more of a fair fight and so when you're looking at Boston at the end of the year with 53 wins and th- like for example last year Boston had 53 wins Utah had 51 but Utah had to go through the gauntlet of the Western Conference Boston had a Exactly schedule. Utah Utah no doubt has a better record than Boston yeah. because well, Boston didn't have to play Golden State 3 times. Well, they didn't yeah. have to play San Antonio 3 times. Exactly. Uh, they, they didn't have to play San Antonio uh 3 or 4 times, Golden State 3 or 4 times, Houston Rockets 3 or 4 times. Just or a gauntlet. Maybe Utah gets to have a break and doesn't this year and does you know this when they're and they don't have to play those teams as much. And so and so when you're looking at the schedule it really changes a lot of things and if you're a if you're a general manager or ownership that you might be out of favor especially if you're a western conference juggernaut because a ticket sales do you all of a sudden want to lose your top games that you're playing against these top teams every year like golden state now all of a sudden your your schedule went from playing you know the top teams of san antonio and houston rockets four times that that year to two well mm-hmm. that's lost revenue you know, you're not playing. You're not playing. You know, your 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 you know soon to be conference opponent. Um, but that changes a lot of things too. Like we talked about, would the Utah Jazz have lost Gordon Hayward if there was NBA? Uh, if there was just complete realignment, no MB, uh, no conferences, and I don't think they do, because at that point, Gordon Hayward's not looking at Boston as hey, they haven't they have a, the inroads to to the NBA finals. He's looking at them like, well, they, 
they're they if 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 this if there was no conferences, all of a sudden he's looking at them and like, ah, they only won one more game than us. Mm-hmm. And are they are they bet? Uh, uh, you know, are are we going to get through the gauntlet the same way, or do I? Or does he look at Utah, the Utah Jazz, and be like, "Man, our first year in the NBA playoffs, we got to the second round. Wow, that's that's something right there. And that's 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 that probably is going to going to help out. And then likewise, Utah in their first round matchup, instead of playing the LA Clippers, Utah is playing the Atlanta Hawks. And we roll the Atlanta Hawks, and then you think you we probably get to. So that's what I like about it the most is I just think the playoffs would become that much more interesting, oh, especially with the mid round. They'd be great matchups. And now all and, of a sudden, like there was a chance the NBA playoffs was going to have the Chicago Bulls in the second round. That is just a a, a forty one you know a forty one win team by beating the quote unquote number one seed in the East. And so what it it really just becomes kind of like the March Madness tournament, but with the pro basketball and you just, it's, it would just be more, it just would be more balanced and it just brings a better product. I mean, if the NBA wants to improve their product, it's very obvious what a quick thing, you know, I know scheduling is really tough, but I wonder if actually if scheduling gets a little easier when everything's based off of like, you know, we play everyone three times Right, and right. We, we like set up road trips, road so trips, they're all in the yeah, same you're not areas. Thinking about okay, well, we have to get them to play Memphis, Memphis four times this year. We don't have instead, but we just, can't play them because we can only play them once. So then now we got to put them on this. It's just like if you had three games between all the teams, you get it's. I mean, in reality, it just becomes the best teams will rise to the top, the worst teams will lower. You won't have teams in the Eastern Conference that should be in the bottom ten, no matter what. But because they're Two, I mean, honestly, like two or three of the playoff teams in the East should not be in the playoffs, right. and those teams d- desperately need better draft picks. I mean, and, and that's and why they're changes, not getting. And better. it changes the trade trade deadline too. Instead of the trade deadline being like, wow, the Eastern Conference, it's it's just a weak conference. All of a sudden, teams aren't doing it based on conference; they're doing it on strength of schedule for the, their remaining strength of schedule for the rest of the year. They're looking at their. And they might be like, wow, we just got through the toughest part of our schedule. Look at the rest of the season, and we're playing such and such and such team. Now, now, you're ba- now, now teams are making their decisions based on the competency of opposing front offices and instead of based on the aggregate competency of front offices in your conference. I think another thing which would be absolutely fantastic about aligning these conferences is one of the problems that's and that's been going on with the Eastern Conference is the lottery, and the and what happens is you have strong teams in the in the West that are still able to get lottery picks, mm-hmm. and so you have a team like, for example, Denver Nuggets were in the lottery. The New Orleans Pelicans were in the lottery. You have, uh, and ver- so it's lopsided on the Western side, Western Conference side. So you look at to break through on the Western Conference, it's hard because you're playing a tougher schedule. And so you have these these teams that are able to get strong strong role players. So if you think think about it, if you're on the cusp of making the playoffs. The difference, a lot of these teams are on the up and up, like Denver Nuggets. They were 40 and 42. The difference between them and the playoffs is just 
depth. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the just missing just missing it in the Western Conference, you're like, wow, man, they they're going to get a good player there. Versus the Eastern Conference, where it's just like, wow, they're just a wreck to begin with. Like, oh yeah, like that that like that like tenth or ninth team in the West has a major major advantage over like the seventh or eighth team in the East. It's just massive. They miss they they drop like five or six spots. Mm-hmm. And in reality, that's the difference between like Donovan Mitchell and Tyler Langdon. And so you're like, whew, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's, it, yeah, it's a really, really big deal. Now, thank you, Denver Nuggets, for not realizing you could have had Donovan Mitchell and for drafting <laughs> yeah. guards for the past like four years to make this all possible. But you, so it changes draft strategies. Like my one of my questions was, if you were going to do this, you would have to. How would you implement it? Because this is this changes everything. This changes strategy. So if you're Dennis Lindsay and you you came back from the owners meeting and the two thirds of the owners said we're getting rid of conferences, all of a sudden he has to go to a strategy, rip it all up, and and start all over, based on what he what he thinks the direction of it's going to go. Now some teams might might not change a little bit, but it's going to change a lot. It's going to change on where you think your team is rising when other teams are falling. It, it changes how you're, if you really think this is the right time to tank. Um, it might teams in the Eastern conference who are like Boston and Cleveland and uh, like, for example, Cleveland, they go from, they, yeah, they go from, you know, a two seed to a, to a five seed all of a sudden. And does 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 LeBron get to the NBA Finals when he has to go through Houston, San Antonio? I mean, it's just it's just flat out tougher to be a Western Conference team. And I know we like personally, I actually don't know if there's anything we could have done to keep Hayward. I mean, he hasn't really given us a clear reason why. He said a lot of different things, like. You know that it was a really tough decision, um, but there were rumors that he's been wanting to go for a while now. So I, I, I wonder if I mean, I think it it could be that he wanted to stay, and that he doesn't want to say the actual reason is that it was the easier path. It's just easier for him to get to the playoffs. It's easier for him to make an All Star team. And plus, you know, they, it, and plus, they're going to have incentives for that. Incentives to make the NBA Finals. The incentives, and plus, like at the end of the day, every player wants to be able to play in the big game. Let's let's. That's not a that's not a secret. And honestly, I I really hated the fact where he's like, it was closer than you really think. I think really, just be honest and just be like, look, out in the West, it is it is a minefield, and. Mm-hmm. And he'll never admit that. He'll yeah. never admit it was and too he hard. Sta- he, he, he kind of did in his interview with, uh, with, with Wash where he was just like, well, there's a lot of tough players and, and you know, uh, you know the, Western, the Eastern Conference is, is uh, you know, not as, not, not, not as strong as sometimes the Western Conference is. And, and if you're a player and you want to make it to the NBA Finals, like, I guarantee you if, if they said, hey, one team can trade whatever they want to be in the Eastern Conference. There's going to be some teams that be like, hmm. Oh, the Jazz would be the three seed immediately. Like, yeah, some I, teams are like, it, that That changes a lot. Imagine if they restructured things just to move, say, New Orleans or Memphis over to the Eastern Conference because they're in that central time zone right on the edge. 
Yeah, they'd be uh, ecstatic. And 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 that would be that would change that would that would change their whole dynamic. Like the New Orleans Pelicans in the West, they're a fringe playoff team. In the East, they're a playoff team. So, oh yeah. I mean, if you if you're in the East, do you pick New Orleans over Orlando, or do you pick New Orleans over Philadelphia? Yeah. Which are two teams that very well could make the playoffs this year, and they have had no right making the playoffs last season. Yeah, and, and then you look at Memphis this year. That's kind of you're they're on the fringe, hanging on to a playoff, trying to hang on to a playoff seed next year. And in the East, automatic. All right, they're they're. They're a three, four seed, like that, and all of a sudden Toronto has is is having a lot of competition, you know, for that and for that. And seed. New Orleans probably makes a little noise in the playoffs too, uh, yeah. just with that talent on that team. I mean, their their front line. I don't, I don't know if it's a winning formula, but it's talented, mm-hmm. and you can beat, you can beat average teams with their their team makeup with Cousins and and Davis. Right. Uh, and, and so I wonder. Uh, so. If you were going to make that transition, I, I I think you would have to, you'd have to think. Oh, the the league would say, we're going to go to this in three years. You have three years. Uh, in that time, most contracts that you signed to to build towards this, you know, to, to this advantage, you have that point. That would also change what how people sign, you know, how people target people in free agency, because say say this was. Last year was year one of the transition into fighting for, uh, you know, fighting for the playoffs, but also in that transition to the new, the lack of conferences, no more conferences. Mm-hmm. Boston all of a sudden is saying, "Hmm, okay," and in in two years we're we're, we're duking it out. So they're going to look at their roster and say, "Okay, well, if we go after Gordon Hayward, maybe we sign him to a two plus one." Yeah, and you know, and, and and then we can reevaluate and say, hey, you know, we'll bring and we'll renegotiate at that point if we think it's a, it, what our team is at. Um, and and at that point, the Utah Jazz are saying, hey, we got a three plus one, we got you some financial stability, and guess what? You know, for the most part, you're used to playing against the, this tough tough competition any, anyway. Well, nothing really changes, status quo. Mm-hmm. Let's roll. And and and. And so, really, the thing that killed Utah in these negotiations was that was that conference, was that conference aspect. Yeah, Brad Stevens is good and everything like that, but I do think if there's no inroads, like there was a combination of things that made it possible. The championship pedigree that was the Boston Celtics. You have the you have the coach that's familiar. That makes it easier to switch. But then the real the carrot though the carrot is is there is a damn good chance you are playing in the NBA Finals. Yeah, and he's gonna and he does also get more recognition there. It's Boston. He's gonna get the ESPN hype machine and all the Boston media and Bill Simmons and everyone's gonna talk about him. So he's gonna get talked about more. He's gonna get more uh, airtime and things that I think he does want. Hayward's a Hayward's just kind of a strange guy. He it seems like he wants those things, but then at the same time he I don't know if he, he likes and being Williams in the spot. Are almost like kind of kindred spirits in that way where they want the limelight, but they don't want they, they don't want the baggage of the limelight. 
Exactly. They don't and, want the, and, and, the and mean I don't Twitter think I comments. And, like, I, yeah. I mean, I want to be like, there's, there's the rich and famous part where you're like, that would be really good. And then there's the other part of the rich and famous gig where it's, you know, the, it's the scrutiny, the constantly being watched, never being able to go anywhere type of thing. And, and I'm not sure if I would have, like that part, no one wants. And, and so, but when you're going to Boston, like if that Boston media is going to be so rough. It, oh my it, gosh. It, I, it's it, going to be fascinating to see how he does because honestly, Utah media is softball. It is like, Oh yeah. They're, you have I a, mean, occasionally you have a Gordon one of the guys. Oh, you're one of the guys. Yeah. Like the roughest person they've had is Brian T Smith and he got shown the door. Oh yeah. And Gordon Monson writing a random article here and there. That's just, no one really pays all that much attention attention to anyway. No, no, like and Gordon Monson is old man yells at Sky. Yeah, sorry, Gordon. It's really like him calling Hayward a Buick is the worst thing that ever happened to him in the media here. I mean, the Jazz just protected him relentlessly. No matter, I mean, Jazz PR, you know, say what you will, they protect their the players they want to protect. That's right. for they, sure. They keep a they keep an image, and versus out in Boston, you're like. Now all of a sudden you're dealing with the same you're dealing with newspapers that uncovered the 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 Catholic scandal with with the the, the raping of the boys. Like you're th- those are the same newspapers that have uncovered national stories of interest that change the public perception on on global issues. Those oh, are the news- gonna- those are the newspapers covering Gordon Hayward now. They're going to they're going to release things about who he voted for and who he donated to. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you haven't figured if you haven't found out, go t- go Google that. But things like that are going to come out and he's going to get asked things like that. They're going to talk about him relentlessly. It, yeah, because it's about- not just basketball over there. It's it's a whole host of other other issues. And so. Oh, and and if he thinks that it's going <clears throat> to be cake when he goes over there, they had to give up Avery Bradley. And Boston fans were not excited about that. The first thing Bill Simmons tweeted after they traded for, like, got that trade to make sure that Gordon Hayward's money fit was, I am not happy. So he has to make sure he performs. Mm-hmm. And Avery Bradley, if if you guys don't follow Avery Bradley, is an excellent, excellent defender and was a top-notch three-point shooter this year. Yeah, Hayward has to make up for that plus some because he has to – he's the star now. $30 million a year. And Boston, I mean, is Boston going to be okay if if Gordon Hayward comes and shoots and yeah. scores 18 points a game? Well, the biggest thing, the biggest thing with them, and, like uh, <laughs> last year, they had a, they had a point differential in their games of 2.7, 2.7. That's a slim margin. The Utah Jazz had a point differential uh, in their games of 3.2. So all of a sudden you're looking at, you're looking at that team and you have to say, okay, well, they're getting Gordon Hayward. This and it might not next year might not even be Gordon Hayward's fault. What if last year was a fluke? Because it's very possible you have a five foot nine guard who all of a sudden goes off. Like yeah, he was good the la- the, the prior year, but last year was just a, a phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Coming off a coming off a hip injury, and all of a sudden, what if they take a dip? Even though Gordon Hayward plays his best ball, but they take a dip. All of a mm-hmm. sudden, you have. Not your fault of your own, but you but you can't lead on to to the media over there that that it isn't, or else all of a sudden they're like Gordon Hayward doesn't take accountability 
go, you know, like all of a sudden it can be, it can be completely flip flopped on this. So, or maybe it is, or Gordon Hayward doesn't say anything. Gordon Hayward doesn't have any answers. Gordon Hayward's leaving the locker room early and and you're right. I'm sure he's aware of this. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure Brad Stevens, he's a straight shooter. He's probably told him, Hey, coming over here, this is how the media is. And he got his first taste of how the media was when, when they didn't have their, their press conference. And all of a sudden people were just almost saying like it was shady business that he didn't have his, have, have a press conference. And, oh, yeah. and, and so that, that now, and, and that was just probably, maybe it was a scheduling error. Maybe it was, you know, partly because they weren't able to get the, get the trade with Avery Bradley moving in time to officially announce it and, mm-hmm. and, and, and to do it. Who knows? But they attributed it to Gordon. They didn't attribute the the uh, the press conference over the phone to the Bo- you know the Boston Celtics choosing that. They attributed that to Gordon Hayward. So things are going to change. So oh yeah, let, let's go back to um, that uh, you know the conference. I, I think the other thing too, I think it would be great for the league. And um, in the article um, on the Ringer, they talked about. The owners are going to act in the self-interest of their own, current self-interest. So there might be teams that would really like this. I'm sure every Western Conference playoff team would die and kill themselves over this thing. So there's there's Absolutely. Th- there's about eight or nine teams right there. But um and, and then you there's, get then you have there's about, gonna be then you have well, there's gonna be two or three teams in the East that are gonna just hate it. There's gonna be the Orlandos and the like who was another fringe i, I well atlanta is going to be really bad this year but orlando magic is a team that comes to mind that just desperately wants to make the playoffs and if they implement it they're not going to make it so they're going to fight it right yeah fr- so fringe teams so y- you're looking at those teams in in the east who are fringe playoff teams with l- kind of losing records or almost losing records who are saying well, like for example you're looking at the detroit pistons charlotte hornets would be one who would be vehemently against it yeah, I mean Charlotte becomes kind of a low end team at that point. Yeah, Orlando, who's trying to Philadelphia, would be against it as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a team that wouldn't have minded it last, like, and this is how quickly this is why. And they talked about this why it's it it it's so finicky. You need twenty teams. You need two thirds of the league to say yeah, it's a go. You need twenty teams. So if you're looking at that, so Golden State Warriors, that's one. Yes, you Senator- probably have ten. 10 automatically from the West. Yeah. Automatic. Spurs, Rockets, yes. Jazz, yes. Clippers, yes. Thunder, yes. Hawks. Dallas is going to say yes. Um, oh, what was that? Oh, I think Dallas says yes. Uh, yeah, Dallas says yes. Grizzlies say say yes. So, Minnesota says yes. Yeah, so <laughs> so probably most of most of the most of the Western Conference it says, yeah, that's that's cool with us. We're good we're uh-huh. good with that. Here's where you know, and gets, even even Sacramento, yes. a team like Sacramento says, I want in. Yeah. Because they've been for years not been able to get in because of how difficult it is. Right. Every Western Conference team is going to be like, yes, this is what we want. But the Eastern Conference teams who are playing with playing with like a five point five game lead on this. Um, mm-hmm. So let's start from the bottom. Brooklyn, I would say yes. I don't I'd think say they, they don't, don't care. Don't think, yeah. yeah, they don't care. So um Philadelphia I think they say no at this point they probably say no you're right because they're they're they they think they can get in 
and get some of that playoff money that they desperately need because they've just been so bad for so long. So long. Yeah. So they're Orlando says no. So, so far we only Orlando. have one Eastern conference team, New York Knicks. I say, I think they say, say no. Uh, you think they say yes? I think they say yes right now because I think their new GM is just like, we're, we're tanking. So, mm-hmm. so I, I think they okay. say yes. Um, okay. Then we get to Charlotte. They say no. Charlotte. Cause, cause they oh, made, yeah. they I made didn't realize they were that low last year. Yeah, they were 36 Yeah, they probably say no. You're probably yeah. right. Uh, Detroit, 37 and 45. They've been trying to squeak into the playoffs with their roster. They're they're interesting. They could go either way. I wonder yeah. if they tank, yeah, but so, you never know. Yeah. Miami, they're going to say no because Pat Riley is no. so against taking. Yeah, they, um, missed, they missed the playoffs last year by a, a tiebreaker. Yeah. Bulls? Um... Probably, it's funny. I, the reason I think the Knicks and the Bulls probably say no is because I think they have crazy owners who eventually say, "I want to be in the playoffs." Right, right. So they think they can swing it just by getting free agents. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the other thing. The whole free agency, like build your team through free agency, not a good plan. It's a terrible plan. But in the Eastern Conference, it actually is somewhat viable. It shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be, but it's because the barrier to entry is so weak. That you can well, do if, that. You, if you can just be average, if you can be the Chicago Bulls and be 41 and 41, you make the playoffs. So if you can just get average free agents, you become an average team and you make the playoffs. Right. And so um, let's see here. So Indiana Pacers, uh, they're going to say no. They're, yeah. they're built on being a perennial 7-8 seat. Milwaukee Bucks definitely say no. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They, Atlanta. Like they, they could be a three. They could be a three seed and win forty six games. Oh my goodness! Um, Atlanta Hawks definitely say no. They Washington say no, Wizards although are gonna they say might no be tanking because they're so capped out on salary. They're going to be like, no, we've we're capped out on salary for the next four years. Why would we want to switch? Why would we want to have go into the behemoth of the Western Conference at our salary point with our strategy? They say no. Toronto definitely says no because they re-signed Kyle Lowry and, and Serge Ibaka to te- terrible contracts. So they're maxed they, out on they, salary. They get to feel like they're a good team. Yeah. Even though they'd be – yeah, they'd be tied. – they're tied with the Jazz in record. Yeah, so Cleveland says no. Boston says no. So, so far, we only get two teams. We basically only get two teams from the, from the East who are going to – and so basically you have every team from the West – so so who is the who is the stump speech giver that gets them to come over? That's my question. Does Quinn Snyder give like uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington speech that gets these teams to change their mind? I don't know how you convince these guys. Uh, yeah, to do so it. so the teams that you could flip flop are going to be the Knicks and the Bulls. And so you could be like, hey, this could really work out in your favor. You guys are on the downswing. But you could be on the upswing when you guys are rebuilding at the right time, so that gets you four. That gets you four, but you still need one more. So and they really have to vote on this to be able to do it. It can't be like Dave. No, Adam, uh, Silver, Adam Silver can't go says, in there and be like, "We're doing we're, this." We're doing this. No, he can't. It has to be two thirds. Has to be two thirds. So you like so that those are two swing teams. But other than that, you're relying on. The Orlando Magic, who every year feel like they're going to be a playoff team, even though they're not. And so your swing teams are Orlando, New York, and 
and Chicago. So and here's even the then, idea. In, in the West, I think there might be some teams that say no because they, they might look at the Eastern Conference and be like, oh, but what if, what if that's us? What if, mm. like, I could see the Los Angeles Lakers saying no to it. Well, I wonder if there's a few teams that you could sway just because, for example, Atlanta. All of a sudden, Atlanta is pretty bad. And if they decide they just want to be a tanking team for the next season, you would think maybe they'd be for it because it makes it easier to tank. They play Golden State three times. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get to play San Antonio. We get to lose those games instead of just creating. That's the thing is there might be a few teams in the East that are so sick and tired of like they can't. It's hard to be bad. And the reason that the the real reason that Philadelphia 76ers looked like such a tanking team for so long is they just understood also how bad the Eastern Conference is and how bad you have to be to lose a lot of games. If if the if Atlanta wants to tank properly, they probably want this to happen because then it's a little easier. And the thing that's bad about having that tanking that, you know, yeah, people you get mad lose. at. Yeah, cuz you can't just lose. Like you don't get to be beaten up like by strong Western Conference teams. You have to be the worst of the worst instead and of being scary. the worst of the best. And that's, well, and that you have to have an owner that signs off on being a bad product that people aren't going to want to go see and you risk losing fans and you risk losing just a lot of revenue. And it's, it's, and it's hard. And, and, and here's the thing. Scary. If this was general managers. I think most general managers would say this is in the best interest of the league. We're all for it. But then you're talking owners and you got owners like from at the like the Phoenix Suns owner who, who canned Hornacek because because the Morris twins were terrible. You have you have the Chicago Bulls owner who refuses to go over the salary cap and even refused to go over the salary cap when he had Michael Effing Jordan. You have yeah. you have the you have James Dolan, perennial idiot and owner of the New York Knicks. You have and 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 let's be real he, he ha- he has a terrible record. Like you cannot say he's a uh, you have a good owner when two of your general managers have put your team into the ground and you trusted your team with Phil Jackson and Isaiah Thomas and both just put him both, into oblivion. And it seems like it Bro- seems like he just doesn't pay attention and checks his Twitter feed once in a while and then finds out how bad things are and then he makes a change. Yeah, the Brooklyn. He and just, then you have the Brooklyn Nets. Um, uh, the Brooklyn Nets with Prokhorov, who like went all in with, like the the Brooklyn Nets GM right now. I can't remember his name, but he has he has the worst job in the world of having to rebuild. Like if Isaiah Thomas was a terrible GM, but he has to rebuild with no draft picks, with no assets, and his his only asset was Robin Lopez, and he gave that up. Like he and he got he got good value out of it, but still that was his only asset that he had left. Yeah, and, yeah, and and, and they like they lost. Like Tatum was theirs, Fultz was theirs, and then next year we'll find out. There's like Jalen Brown was theirs. That's a Brooklyn Nets pick. This year it it, it was Jason Tatum, but they would have had a chance at I anybody in the top four. And then next year, they're probably going to be terrible again. And they're going to convey that pick again to Boston if Boston doesn't trade it to somebody else. Like, that is historically bad. That is just terrible. 
And, and they're they're trying to get out of it, but they're just in a terrible situation. Right. There's just nowhere. They, they, I they mean, they have the they have swung for the fences. They have swung for the fences, and and they did actually have a pretty decent off season by getting D'Angelo Russell. I actually really like D'Angelo Russell, and I I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Brooke Lopez. So they were able to take advantage of a terrible Lakers management. Who we'll see if they are good. Apparently, they're just going to get two superstars next year, which is maddening because it's probably true. Uh, the rumors we heard about Gordon Hayward are the rumors we're hearing now about LeBron James. And uh, first, you know, so LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Jimmy Butler. Like, I mean, we keep hearing the I'm rumors. Not, not Jimmy Butler, uh, um, Paul George. Paul George and yeah, exactly. Paul George for sure is going to be a Laker next season. They don't have to do anything. They didn't have to be savvy drafters. They don't have to like do, you know, smart things with the cap and and yeah, find players Oklahoma like Joe Ingles. The Lakers State. just get to have Paul George. I actually, I, I don't like that Paul George is in the same division as Utah Jazz, but good for Oklahoma City for yeah. taking advantage of a terrible situation because they're they're looking at a very real possibility like we thought our situation was bad of losing Gordon Hayward. They have a very real possibility of losing Russell Westbrook and Paul George in the same offseason. And Oklahoma City could be a really good team next year. Well, and also and give it to Oklahoma City for getting rid of uh, Victor Oladipo on a on a bad, bad contract. contract too. Yeah. Can you imagine if we were able to flip Alec Burks Alec Burks and and a and a couple draft picks for Paul George. That's oh, Hayward that's, would still be here. Yeah, the the problem is Alec Burks never played college ball in Indiana, and people didn't overvalue him in Indiana. Uh, uh, but when 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 are we getting the next star that grows up in Utah? <laughs> when is that happening? <laughs> we have enough babies being born in Utah. That you would it's think just, that one of them turns game. into it's something. Just, it's just a numbers game at this point. <laughs> this, is, this is bound to happen. It's got to wait it out. So I wanted to touch on something. Uh, we I don't think we've actually had a chance to talk about it, but the Jazz released their new jerseys with Nike. I got to say, so we see, I think they look slick. Uh, so uh, Donovan Mitchell and, and uh, Tony Bradley just started taking, uh, they took their Panini pictures i guess it's for their trading cards or whatever which has got to be a lot of fun but those those jerseys look sharp i just want to say that that yellow stripe on that blue jersey just the bold trim looks fantastic it looks looks much better i I will say this is this is such an unpopular opinion i'm just gonna say it i like the two color i i liked it better but that's but here's the thing. I know it looks better. I know it pops more. I know, like, <laughs> I I know that. It's okay to like things, but I, that and, other people and, don't and, like. I, I fully understand. Like you, you can write me your hate mail and be or tweet me and be like, "That's BS. They're terrible. Those were ter- That was a terrible color scheme on on those with the dual color, the, the clash and all that. I get it. I know, but I liked it, and. And uh, I, I I missed I missed I missed the shoulder part where it was like all three colors where it went from like gold to green to yellow I, I liked it I liked it because it was weird and I'm sorry um, but I liked it um, as far as the new <laughs> New Jersey's I I agree they look they look cleaner they look uh, more uh, more focused it looks like they know what their brand is 
I'm in marketing. I know that you got to be clean. You got to know your brand, represent you. It's on brand. But man, I love the weird ones. So, um, you know, pour one out for the for the collared stripes. But the biggest <laughs> win, Utah Jazz got rid of the Utah tramp stamp on the butt. Yeah. <laughs> like that should have never been there seven years ago. Seven years ago, we started this 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 journey with these ugly with the ugly tramp stamp. And I remember uh, with uh, who, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember their name. But anyway, uh, somebody reviewed the the jerseys right when they first came out, and they're like, that tra- that that Utah on the butt. What what do, what what does it what purpose does it serve? Is that where you? It's just it makes no sense. Is that where you? Uh, is that the designated slap spot? You well, know, or the is, is that is the the whole the whole like. <laughs> Like wording on the butt lasted what a year in 2010, and those were just on like Victoria's Secret sweats would be like juicy or whatever. Like, <laughs> so how, wanna, how it somehow we do that onto us. an Adidas professional basketball uniform, whatever. Uh, and, and then, it's but, so but the, funny, the crazy thing is, yeah. the, the crazy thing is, they somehow survived, like, it like snuck through when they updated the uniforms. Last year, you're like, oh, thank, thank the Lord above. We can finally get rid of it. And then you're like, it's still there. How, how is it? How did this survive? We had every shot. We had every, we redid, we did, redid everything. So it was like at this, what is it? 66 degrees. What I, I, do you think, do you think it was just that Sloan liked them? <laughs> no way Sloan liked it. Sloan, Sloan would like Sloan probably would rather have them playing in like, plain ymca jerseys and be like that's what we had to deal with and they liked it and they didn't even wash it the next night that's what a yeah, true exactly. player di- did and he brought his <laughs> ice pick to work and he went in these players these days so i i don't there's no way there's no way but i i do like them um the 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 hint is that the, there's the next two uh jerseys are coming out once the athlete's mindset which we've we've heard that they're gold. And so that makes sense. Cha- the player's mindset, gold, championship, win the first chip in, in, in Utah, gold. That makes sense. And then there's, then, then there's the community one. We know those are going to be orange. Sorry, y'all, for people who are like, oh, man, well, no, one's going to be, you know, one's going to be, uh, they're, they're, the gold one is the orange one. No. Sorry. We have, it's gonna I, be, I have too many sources saying there's a gold and an orange. And it's going to be Southern Utah-y. Yeah, it's going to be – yeah, and, and, and it's not like orange, like like orange, Oklahoma City orange or Phoenix orange. It's like that burnt. It's like what you see on a Utah, Utah plate. And people – and and here's the thing. People are like, well, that's ridiculous. Utah, Utah's colors aren't, aren't – aren't orange they weren't teal and copper either y'all they weren't black yeah black and copper was not the jazz colors either yeah from new orleans that was we put we put mountains on a jazz a jazz jersey and 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 if you're okay with putting mountains on something that represents notes and music i don't know where you're why you're drawing the line at, at at calling it once we put put the golden arches on there (laughs) <laughs> just trying to in my head there's just no real way to incorporate mountains and 
musical notes and jazz music without it coming weird. So you kind of you've got to like embrace one or the other. That line, like it's already either been... just be the jazz or just call yourself Utah. I'm still like, you, like I and and I agree. People are like, we need to bring the purple back. We do, but want to know which purple? Not the, not any Utah jazz purple, but the New Orleans jazz purple, where it just had jazz with just the white with just the white jazz on there. Oh, it's so clean. The purple and the gold and then with the white. Oh, it's so good. The Pistol Pete jerseys. Mm. I'd kill for that. I'd kill I want for it. those. I love those jerseys. Those are my absolute favorite. Oh, if they if they bring out a and I, I actually think they might do some changes every year because that's just what Nike does. This it, when it you seems watch... like it. it seems like those two the two auxiliary jerseys, like the association and the icon jerseys, those are those are stuck with each team. Those are their identities. And instead of locking a team into three jerseys locked in, now it's just like these are your two, and then you have fun with two or three extra jerseys. Oh, and then and if then you're you LeBron, you get money. like six extra. Oh yeah, I mean the the every year, I mean we might they're probably scared to do a purple one because then the fans will be really mad when the next year Nike comes out and changes it. So I like you're kind of stuck. I mean, they, if you watch Oregon football, you know what Nike likes to do with jerseys. Mm-hmm. You're gonna if you don't like it, there's gonna be new ones. I really hope they make a purple one at some point, though. I really do. Oh, I, I I guarantee they're gonna have a purple one. I think that this year with the what what they might do is because this year there's only a certain select number of teams that are doing throwbacks. Um, I think they're going to probably rotate that throughout the league where it's like different, different oh, teams man. every year. That, that, that thing is going to sell. That, that thing that is going to sell make like hotcakes. That, that would make more sense because at some point, if only certain teams get throwbacks, you're going to run out of, you're going to run out of it pretty quick of the classics. And mm-hmm. plus, plus here's the thing with Nike. You want scarcity. You want it to be a unique thing. So they'll probably rotate it. So it's just like, Oh, last year they did the Lakers. Oh man, I can't wait till next year. And they roll something else like that. Or man, last year they ran it with the Phoenix Suns, and oh man, those things were tight. But you know, we gotta wait. So it's gonna rotate, and it's probably gonna rotate through the better teams, the teams that they know that are going to make the playoffs, that are that are the top tier. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's what Nike does when they want to go extra with their with their college football teams. Is the teams that they know are gonna be good. Those are the ones they give the extra cool jerseys to because they know they'll sell. So mm-hmm. and with Utah. There's probably not going to run those jerseys this year when there's a chance that in February, right after they release those, you know, like they'll release those suckers in like November, December. They don't want the Utah Jazz to be looking at a record of like 10 and 25. And they're like, hey, here's these these jerseys. Hope you're still out of game. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The diehards will buy them. The diehards will buy them, but that doesn't like make, that doesn't cut a profit. Mm -hmm. And so. Uh, so, it, but we'll still be, see some cool jerseys. It'll be cool. And guess what, guys? We'll survive. We'll pull through somehow this horrible thing of having a different look every year. I I don't know why people don't like to try new things. Me personally, I think it's fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, we, I, I think so we've gone through quite a bit. One thing that I just want to end with is um, with Steve Stark. Steve Stark's... Um, I absolutely love this guy. I think he's a great president for the for the Utah Jazz. He's um, just, a, I mean, I personally think he could be Larry Miller's illegitimate son. He is eerily, eerily too looks too similar to Larry Miller. Uh, but 
Um, I, I, the only way we can know for sure is if he wears old school Utah Jazz uniform with short shorts and dances at half court. If it isn't exactly like what Larry Miller did, then I'll believe I'll believe that he's his, he, he's not the illegitimate son. But only if he does that, if, Steve. If you're listening, I know you're probably not because you have better things to do. But if you are, that's the only way you can prove it. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. So anyway, uh, Steve Starks. So obviously, um, it would be it it, it would be. There's there was there's been a lot that's been going on in in the United States over the past couple of days. Um, obviously, everyone has seen what is what what has happened um, happened um, yesterday and the night before with uh, in Char- in Charlottesville. And uh, some Utah Jazz players had some takes, like Donovan Mitchell retweeted um, Barack Obama and and you know said prayers up to Charlottesville. And uh, I was kind of just kind of watching to see what the Utah Jazz. Uh, would have to say because this, whenever something like this happens, I think people who have a, a big platform to, to, to speak and to, um, to reach out to people during these times, I, I think they'll take it. I, I've liked what, um, Jody Genesee has said on a lot of things, um, you know, not just prayers, but denouncing these and, you know, we're better than that. But I love, I love what he, what he, he tweeted out. He said, Raci- racism gets no pleasure from having, um, only from having more than someone else is an evil and flawed zero sum view of humanity. And then he also uh, retweeted, and if you're you're Utahn, you're you know there's a good uh, good chance that you're Mormon. If you're not, that's that's completely okay. And and he retweeted some. If you're not Mormon, there's a there was a guy. Um, he was a, a president of the Mormon Church a, a few years back, and he he said we recognize the need to heal the wounds of society and replace with optimism and faith the pessimism of our times. We must recognize there's no need for recrimination or criticism against one another. We must use our influence to still the voices of angry and vindictive arguments. Our strength lies in our freedom to choose. There is strength in, even in our varied diversity, but there is greater strength in, in the God-given mandate to each of us to work for the uplift and blessings of all sons and daughters, regardless of their ethnic or national origin or other differences. Um, I know that Utah is not exactly the melting pot of diversity sometimes, and neither neither is Idaho, where I'm from. Um, but there is there is... It is so good. It's so good to see on a Sunday after all of this has happened, all the good of people who are on the right side of history when it comes to calling out racism, calling out these these this hateful rhetoric. And it's so nice to see people in the Utah Jazz organization who exemplify that class, and um, and don't show any and don't show any ambiguity when it comes to hateful acts that are going on. Even if it doesn't have to do with anything in basketball, it's just so it's just so refreshing to have to know that people who are running the Utah Jazz are just good, good people, and and want to do do the very best. Oh yeah, I mean we we have a league that I mean when it, when we say there is strength even in our very diversity, I mean there's not a more diverse league out there than the NBA, and seeing stuff like this, it just it honestly breaks your heart because you know how many. I mean, we cover the jazz and we see these players all the time and, and the majority of them are African-American and 
you know, you follow Rudy Gobert and you follow Donovan Mitchell and you follow all these guys and you, you get to the point where you feel like you know them. We watch their children grow up. And so that when you see something like that happen, it's it just makes for me personally, it makes me feel just a sense of shame that like that we still have stuff like this that happens. We still have things like this that can, you know, that have no place. I mean, if you think that this is a regular, normal thing, then sorry, you can, you know, go eat rocks. But like, you know, it just makes, you know, you just want to tell these players like it, you wish this stuff didn't exist. And I you like personally want to go give a hug to all these people like, no, we're not like that. And so it's it like you said, it's great to have an organization that believes so much in that and that understands what is right and wrong and what is is good and not good. And I just I appreciate Steve Starks and Dennis Lindsay and all the jazz for just doing the right thing and saying the right thing and and not just saying it, but actually believing it because there's other owners out there like the former Clippers owner who doesn't believe these things and he doesn't have a place in the league anymore. The league doesn't put up with garbage like this. Yeah, and I'm I was proud of the league for that, and I'm proud of the the Jazz for what they've said here. And you know, I don't know. There's nothing other you can say that you're grateful for an organization that believes in the right thing. What I love about the NBA is the NBA is not afraid to be on the right side of social causes. They understand that they have a platform, and their platform, uh, and and that they're they're if you have the ability to reach so many people then you you want to be on the right side of history and you want to be on the right side of history for good. And it, and it, and I love the fact that they they do so much good. And and beyond just standing against the obvious hey we hate Nazis. Um I I love how the players and especially in the off season you see more of this. You have, you see with the players what they're doing for for their charities, for their work for, with the um in their communities. Um for example, Ricky Rubio going back to Spain, helping people um, with his charities. You have Thabo Cephalosha helping with the, the NBA Africa game. You have Rudy Gobert putting on these camps and traveling with, with, uh, with Howell Neto when he goes down to, uh, down to Brazil. Um, you have all these people who are doing so much good. And that's what – for there to be people who hate the fact that there's people who are different and can't stand – can't stand and and believe that they're being diminished when there's other people who are truly facing oppression, who are truly who are who are who are being judged by the color of their skin, who are who are scared, you know, for what they believe in and what they that I love the fact that and most and and for the most part, a lot of people in in Utah agree with this because because of their history of what Utah, the people of Utah, their, their, their forefathers traveled over, over the West because they were persecuted for what they believed in or who, you know, and for, for who they were. And, and one thing that I've always loved about Utah is they really do celebrate diversity. And, oh yeah. And, 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 and with, with so many missionaries that they have there, you know, there, there's LDS missionaries galore and, and who've gone to different places and really have this, this, this uh, new feel. I, I, I think there's a, a great place that they really em, embrace that. Now, of course, there's idiots out there who are like these neo-Nazis who would try to pull this crap. But I love the fact that Utah Jazz have just good people to, using their platform. Uh, to be a voice for good. So 
on oh, that, absolutely. On that, I think we'll we'll end it tonight. Uh, follow us on uh, SLC Dunk uh, on Twitter. So at SLC Dunk, follow us at SLC Dunk on Instagram, and also SLC Dunk FB on Facebook, or just search us. Just search SLC Dunk. We're the first ones that pop up. Follow yeah. us there. We have awesome things that one of our writers, Taylor Griffin, uh, Taylor Griffin, he puts out the Griff puts out great, great graphics and and fantastic things to keep you occupied in this. Oh man, dire, dire Ides of Ides of August before the NBA season, and so check that out. Um, James Hansen has his awesome Facebook uh, lives that he's been uh, starting up here in August to feed feed your basketball hunger. Check us out on SLCDunk.com. We have great content going on there and trying to trying to fill as much as we can before the NBA season uh, gets kicked up. Um, keep an eye out. Um, we do have an exciting announcement uh, for um, a contest that we're going to be running starting in September. So keep an eye out for that. We can promise you there's going to be awesome prizes and it's going to be going for, uh, to a good cause as well. Um, so, uh, and don't forget... Check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes. Follow us so you don't have to wait for us to post it on the site. Just be the first ones to get it. I know you want to hear our beautiful, sultry voices. <laughs> yeah, if you can be the first ones to hear my midget voice. I promise you guys, if you go give us an iTunes review, that you will be more attractive to other people. Guaranteed. If you did that right now. Guaranteed. This is, We... <laughs> We have amazing scientists um, hard at work who have taken uh, – well, actually, they've been on the Harvard website before. And it's a fact. It's scientific fact. fact. Yeah, they've, they've, um, they've heard of MIT. <laughs> these, are, these are the best of the best. And so uh, definitely, um, you definitely will be more attractive to others if you listen to our podcast. So on that note, you guys have a good one. This is Milo. That's this is James. James. I uh, hope you have a great week. Ciao, ciao. All right, right bye-bye.